Attention. Attention. Do not be alarmed. This is the element of surprise. I have so much anger. I feel like I've been raped. In the face! Great Scott. At no point in your rambling were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Guess you just discovered a new element! Just the element of surprise. Oh, good evening, degenerates and degenerates. This is the Element of Surprise. I'm your host, Chadwick J. Suet, and I'm here to bring you the Element of Surprise. Okay, you know where to find us. Facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. EOSMentallyIrregular.Podomatic.com. That's where our all... <clears throat> That's where all our episodes are at, and you can email me at element.2017 at yahoo.com, but no one ever does. Moving right into it, let's let's just go right into it. Oh, before before we get right into it, um, check out A Fireside Chat with Ryan McCormick. That's on libsyn.com. Uh, check out McSauce uh, with Ian, Paul, and Matt. That is on podomatic.com and YouTube. And check out Case in Point with Justin Case, and that's on Audio Boom. All right, getting right into it, we're talking Disney. We're talking Disney movies. We're talking Disneyland. We're talking Disney princesses, Disney villains, Disney heroes, Disney songs, Walt Disney, Mickey Mouse, Bluto. Wait, was Blu- Bluto was Popeye, I think. Yeah, fuck that. Okay, so moving right into it, let's let's talk a little bit about Walt Walt Disney. You know, the man who uh, the man who said that dream when you wish upon a star, all our dreams can come true. Now, Walt D- Disney was also, um, you know, I don't want to say he was because I don't know the guy, but uh, you know, there were many allegations that he was an anti-Semite and was very very racist against the uh, the Jews, and uh, you know, kind of supported. Like, you know, didn't didn't really care for Hitler and the Nazis, but didn't really disagree too much with what they were doing. And, uh, you know, he never came right out and said, you know what, I like that Hitler. I like what he's up to. But he never didn't say that at a time when pretty much everybody else on the fucking planet was saying that. So, there's that. Um, also, I want to talk, uh, let's get, get start right out with, uh, you know, what Walt created, you know, Mickey Mouse. He's, uh, you know, it's like, oh, Mickey Mouse, it all started with a mouse, they say, but it didn't, actually, it started with a fucking rabbit. It started with a rabbit, and I can't remember his name, so I'm going to have to fucking look that up, but it actually started with the original mascot for, uh, Disney was a rabbit, um, I think it was Oswald, oh, yes, it was, it was Oswald Rabbit, and, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse's original fucking name wasn't even Mickey Mouse. It was Steamboat Willie from the Steamboat Willie cartoon. But that cartoon was a fucking classic and, you know, kind of made set the stage for everything else. So uh, they're like, oh, what, what are you going to do with that mouse, Walt? We got to do more with that mouse. And uh, so he's like, oh, that's uh, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse. And, you know, they, the rest, is they say, is history. Uh, just don't just don't let the Jews around because Walt wouldn't like that. Um 
You know, and he created a whole, there's a land and a world. There's a Disneyland and a Disney World, both of which are, you know, set directly in America. I mean, Disneyland, I get. Disney World, you know, the name alone kind of insinuates that it is its own planet or its own uh, universe or its own, um, you know, like like alternate timeline. So I wonder, you know, what the major differences are. Is one just larger than the other? I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've been to one. I've never been to both, so I can't tell you from experience. But, uh, you know, I know that you go to Disneyland and, you know, you get bombarded by uh, giant, giant, uh, you know, versions of the characters, and you can you can ride around in Dumbo's head, which, you know, to any child, I'm sure, like, you know, there's, sure, there's the magic and the wonderment of all that, you know, you ride the rides at Disney World and at Disneyland, but, you know, when you become an adult and you really think about that, you're, you're, you're climbing inside the, the scooped out head of Dumbo, his, his skull that has been scooped out and, you know, turned into a seating, you're climbing in that, and you're sitting on where his brain should be, and it's just making you go up and down. You're flying around in basically an elephant carcass at this point. But, uh, you know, I digress. There's uh, lots of other stuff. Uh, you know, at this point, Disney owns pretty much fucking everything. Uh, they just bought Fox Entertainment. They've owned uh, a good portion of the Marvel Studios for quite some time now. Uh, they own Star Wars, one of my favorite fucking things, and Lucasfilm. So, you know, eventually it's going to be like, oh, well, Disney is just, uh, you know, Disney has decided that they are going to just buy refrigerators, and uh, Disney is going to buy air conditioners, and uh, Disney is going to buy gas stations, and Disney is going to buy furniture stores, and Disney is going to buy housing complexes, and Disney is going to buy grocery stores, and next thing you know, it's just going to be planet fucking Disney. You know, you see the world from space, and it's a circle. They're just going to add two other circle satellites behind it, so no matter what angle you're floating around the cosmos at, the planet Earth or planet Disney will look like the fucking logo. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, you go back into it and you really look at it and it's like, okay, you know, I talked to people, I, I literally did my research on this one. I talked to people and I looked things up and, pe you know, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Disney is such a, you know, Oh, makes me just feel so warm inside. Listen, uh, you know, checking out some old school Disney movies takes me back to my childhood, makes me feel nostalgic. You know, even like our, like my generation's parents and even their parents, like my grandparents' generation, grew up with fucking Disney with Snow White. You know, it started with Snow White and it worked its way into, you know, Pinocchio and so on and so forth down the line till, you know, whenever I was a kid, it was the Little Mermaid and Aladdin and stuff. And now, like, I've got a son and that his generation's got, like, um, you know, like the Toy Story movies or well, shit, I think Toy Story was 95, so that was even kind of partially my generation. But, like, you know, now they've got, like, uh, Zootopia and stuff like like that but a lot of it's overlooked how much like if you go back to like my grandma's like when she was a kid growing up watching disney you know cinderella pinocchio shit like that shit was fucked up and i'm not saying like an anthropomorphic rabbit is a cop teaming up with a fox which is its natural predator isn't fucked up but uh i'm saying that it was more fucked up like um you know the whole plot of snow white basically boils down to somebody thought she was prettier than they were, so they decided to murder her. That's the plot. If you, you, you can look into it any other way you want, but that's the fucking plot of Snow White. The queen thinks Snow White's prettier than her, so she's going to kill the bitch. You go to Pinocchio. Okay, well this guy, this, this guy who makes toys out of wood, uh, Geppetto, 
you know, apparently he never had any kids, so he wants a boy. So he makes himself a little wooden boy. And a blue fairy comes in and tells a cricket to be its conscience and brings the wooden boy to life and says, you'll be a real boy if you do good things and don't tell lies and so on and so forth. And what does Pinocchio go and do? He goes and breaks every single one of these rules. He smokes cigars. He drinks alcohol. He lies through his teeth. He abandons his father. But then at the end, he still becomes a real boy. He still becomes a real boy, and they celebrate it. They celebrate it. It's like, okay, so he just, uh, you know, fuck the rules. He just tossed those out the window, but uh, he still gets the reward in the end. And, and really, you know, that, that whole theme has continued throughout Disney, throughout their films and works, going down the line. You know, you don't really need to worry about breaking the rules so much as long as you're the good guy. You, you went out in the end. You know, the, the hero always gets the princess, no matter what. Like, look at Aladdin. You know, Aladdin is one of my favorite Disney films of all time. But you look at Aladdin. Street rat, urchin, finds a magic lamp, uses the magic lamp to make himself a prince. Movie ensues. At the end of the movie, no longer a prince. You know, the sultan says at the beginning of the movie, only the princess can only marry a prince. She sees that he is a street rat. And the sultan says, Aha, okay, you know what? This time it's okay. I'm going to let it go. Whereas in reality, he would have been kicked back down to the streets of Agrabah, which I got a, you know what, I got a funny little side story about Agrabah. I don't try to get political on this, but uh, do you remember a year ago? Because it's been a year since Trump took office. Do you remember a year ago whenever uh, Trump first took office and Sean Spencer was his, uh, like, media outlet? Like, the the media would go and they'd question uh, Sean Spencer about things, uh, about, like, you know, what are they going to do with the war and everything like that? I remember a... uh, (laughs) I remember reading that somebody questioned him about what we were going to do in the Middle East and everything, and they brought up, uh, you know, he he didn't really have an answer. So they're like, well, what about the impending threat of uh, and growing armies of Agrabah? And they brought up the fictitious uh, land of Agrabah from Aladdin. He said, well, they'll be dealt with too. So Sean Spencer didn't realize that Agrabah was a... Uh, was a fictitious place. But, um, you know, anyway, in reality, Aladdin would have been kicked back to the streets. They would have found a prince for Jasmine, and that would have been it. She would have probably ended up marrying Jafar because he was the royal vizier. But, uh, you know, not in Disney. You can't do that. Like, uh, you know, another one, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is full of so many things that are just morally, morally, uh, you know, wrong. And, well, I, I don't want to say morally wrong, but I guess prudishly wrong. And they just threw them in. Like, you know, all these things that you don't want to expose kids to are thrown into that. As soon as Ariel gets her legs, she bursts up to the surface. Because she no longer can, you know, I didn't didn't realize that mermaids had gills, but she can no longer breathe underwater without her voice. So she bursts up to the surface of the water and she takes her first breath of air. And based on the sunlight and the, um, the silhouette drawing of Ariel there, uh, even though it's explicitly stated that she was, uh, 15, I think it was, 15 years old, she's stark raving nude, stark raving nude, washed up on a beach, here comes the uh, prince, and he stumbles upon this naked woman, and is like, and we're just supposed to be okay with him courting a nude 15-year-old? You know what? I've tried courting nude 15-year-olds. You get arrested. You get arrested for that kind of shit. It, it's they don't they people frown upon that people frown upon that you know what I, I gotta come clean i've never tried to court a nude 15 year old when i was courting nude 15 year olds i myself was like 16 so 
it was it was fine then you know it was okay like i'm not like a 35 year old man going around going like hey check out that 15 year old she's gonna have a rack that kills because i don't do that because that's allegations that's allegations and you know to quote bill goldberg who's next who's next but um you know, moving right along, you go to Pocahontas, and uh, the whole plot of Pocahontas is, you know, oh, well, two different uh, peoples can learn to accept each other, except for they don't. Two people, ind- two individual people learn to accept each other. Their, their different cultures come to blows and almost, come, you know, go to war, and because of it, these two people are torn asunder from each other and can never be together now in the end because of uh, cultural and racial differences. So the point of Pocahontas is what? Is that shit sucks sometimes? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> you go to you go to Winnie the Pooh. Now, okay, I want to talk about Winnie the Pooh real quick. I want to talk about this little fluffy bear stuff with Fluff and his uh, piglet friend. Now, Pooh, Pooh Bear, he all what's his favorite food? It's honey. Pooh Bear loves honey, and he spends a good portion of its time eating honey and trying to eat honey. To the point, he's got an addiction to honey to the point that whenever he's out of honey, he will willingly stick his head into a beehive and not one bee stings him. I challenge anyone hearing my voice right now, find a beehive, stick your head in it and try to get some fresh honey. If you come out unscathed, if the bees are just like, oh, it's you, you're pulling a poo bear on us, <laughs> silly goose, well then, you will have my fucking, uh, you will have my respect, and I will turn over all my winnings and earnings to you for, henceforth. It's not going to happen. Um, you know, other shit that's just wrong with Disney, if you really look at it, The Jungle Book, an abandoned child raised in the wild is, you know, he's he, he wants to have a bare necessities life with his pal Baloo until the end of the movie whenever he sees... Oh, does he see other, other human beings like him? No, he sees a female around his own age. Which, I, again, roughly early teens, so he probably got a boner. And you know what, Baloo, Mr. Bear, for all that good stuff you helped me do, fighting the lion and the pumas and stuff like that, I think I'm going to chill with the half-naked girls. That's what he's going to do. So that's that's what Mowgli does at the end of that. Watch it. It's what happens. Alice in Wonderland is basically a fucking acid trip. Um, anybody that says differently is lying. Beauty and the Beast. Okay, Beauty and the Beast. It, the, the point of Beauty and the Beast is, you know, the old ugly duckling thing. Is that, you know, true beauty is found on the inside. Um, you know, Gaston, the villain in that, is just kind of a huge metaphor for that. Because they said that he was the um, most handsome in the land. And he's even... Uh, known to like look at himself in the mirror and say that you know uh you know you are absolutely gorgeous and no one deserves you and then the camera pans and you see it's him talking to himself in a mirror but uh you know like there's a song in there where they, they his little minion pal sings about how awesome Gaston is and all the girls talk about Gaston and everybody sings about Gaston in a way that seems like everyone in that bar is like sexually attracted to him and his response is of course you are and then talks about where his body has hair don't believe me watch it again i did and we got hercules 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 okay plot of hercules is that if you are strong and heroic and brave the world will work out for you you won't 
have to face like reality where in reality the, the brave are often shot in the face or gunned down or murdered for you know what is it they say putting the nose in uh, somebody else's business but uh you know you don't need to worry about that because uh you could be a true hero like Hercules, just be strong and brave. Um, let's go to the Lion King, which is basically uh, kind of a retelling of, a, of um, Hamlet in a lot of ways. You know, uh, Scar kills the, his, uh, his, the, his uncle, kills the, his father, the king, and then he has to go on a journey and come back and, uh, you know, take back the kingdom. It's basically a retelling of Hamlet in a lot of ways. But, uh, you know, there is murder... There are um, heavily, it's heavily insinuated during the song Can You Feel the Love Tonight that um, Simba and Nala are fucking. If you don't believe me, watch the movie again. I'm not, you know, I, if I have to keep saying this to you people, then, you know, you're just, you're just not, I don't know why you're not listening to me. You should be listening to me. Uh, Mulan. Mulan is, it's a man's world, until it isn't, but it really kind of is. Um, the Emperor's New Groove is basically, uh, don't let other people tell you what to do, and don't be a dick all the time. But, you know, all these movies have got, you know, and I challenge you to go and watch them for yourselves. They've all got, like, these real, like, adult dark themes to them. Uh, the further back into the Disney lineage you go, like, the f further back into, like, you know, the f 60s and 50s and 30s and stuff like that, the darker they really are. Like, um, you know, the only one I really haven't found anything, like, overtly wrong with is Sleeping Beauty, because even, uh, the villain Maleficent wasn't gonna kill her, she was just gonna make her sleep forever. You know, like, it's just, it's just very base across the board, so. But, you know, I mean, I'm gonna list them off for you. Pinocchio, uh, terrible parenting. Cinderella, terrible parenting. Hercules. Terrible parenting. Pocahontas, uh, sometimes things just don't work out. Tarzan. Oh, how could I forget Tarzan? Okay, I got to talk about Tarzan. Here we go. Here we go. You want to talk about overtly sexual explicit themes. Tarzan is a young boy who's raised by apes. Jane shows up. He's perplexed by her because it's the female. He's never seen anybody like him. Even though her father and the other bad guy and stuff are there, the other men are there, he doesn't care about that because he's, ah, he's, he knows what he's got. He doesn't need to, you know, he's seen his own body before. But he's never seen a female body, and so he's checking Jane out, and he's, like, you know, checking out her dress, and he lifts her dress and tries to, like, peek underneath her dress. It's a scene in the movie. Watch it. You know, so that's, uh, that's a little bit about Disney. Um, getting into the villains, they're, 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 the Disney villains have, are really some classic characters. You know, I mean, you got Ursula the Sea Witch, who's um, apparently she's like a, she's like an octopus woman who has magical powers. Cause oh, cause they all have some sort of magical powers for some fucked up reason. Um, oh, real quick, going back, getting since I'm on villains and since I'm talking about overtly explicit uh, sexual tones in in Disney movies, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, where the uh, the what's his name, Judge Frollo, I believe it is, is singing the song about temptation and stuff like that, and there's clearly a naked gypsy woman dancing in the fire at him, and he's talking about his lust. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, these are, but these are children's movies. You know, these are movies you take the kids to, and everybody has a romping good family time. The whole family can enjoy them with the naked gypsies dancing around and 15-year-old mermaid, mer, mermaids turning up, turning into humans and washing up on the beach naked. 
But that's just how it is, you know. That's a uh, that's good old-fashioned wholesome family entertainment for you. Naked mermaid woman bar- showing up on the beach, uh, gypsies, nude gypsies in the fire, and uh, the Tarzan ape men sticking their heads up women's dresses. Nothing says family entertainment like overtly sexual tones in an animated film. So, uh, you know, that's that's what it is. That is, you know, that's my little rant on Disney, my uh, 20, 20 minute rant on Disney and its shit. But, uh, you know, I do got other stuff for you tonight. I got some other stuff to tell you. Uh, I'm going to tell you about a Goodwill adventure. And it's not not an adventure of promoting goodwill to people. It's just an adventure we had going to the Murraysville Goodwill. And you've heard me talk about the uh, times we've been down to the Murraysville Goodwill before. And I mentioned in the past once that every once in a while when you're down there, you, you stumble upon something that is just pure gold. It's treasure. It's, it's not just junk somebody threw away. It's pure treasure. And I stumbled upon that item <coughs> myself last time we were down there. What is this item, Chad? What could it possibly be? Tell us. Tell us now. We need to know. I'm going to tell you. It was a coloring book. It was Hillary the coloring book. Uh, the coloring book uh, story of the life of Hillary Quint- Clinton during her presidential campaign against Donald Trump. And it ends, it ends clearly before the election because the last page of it is, um, is her being sworn in on inauguration, her being inaugurated and sworn in on uh, inauguration day. And it's, it's like, you know, it, 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 you go back into it and like, it's got all these like, like, it's a coloring book, but uh, you know, on one page, it's like a man named Bill, and it tells the story about how she met a young man named Bill in college, and she had she married him, and they've had and they had a daughter, and what a great, wonderful life they've had together, and uh, you know, it it leaves out all the Monica Lewinsky shit and all the bad shit that uh, you know has been so publicly ordained in her life, but uh, you know, it was Hillary the coloring book, and goddamn it, I didn't buy the fucking thing. I don't know why I didn't buy it. I should have bought it. They they should have just given it to me. I should have just gone up to them and just like gone up to the uh, cashier with it and just been like. I, I'll have this, and they and they should have been like yes. And the best part was that some of the pages were already like colored, and they weren't colored well. So this was like a child's. Like some parent out there is like, haha, I know what I'm getting my little daughter to color. I'm getting her Hillary the coloring book, and she's gonna learn about Hillary Clinton and what a strong and progressive woman she is. And I'm not saying that Hillary Clinton is not, because she is, but really Hillary the fucking coloring book? And you know, you a man named Bill. Oh, First Lady, let's turn to the page where it's First Lady, and it's a picture of her, and she's got her finger up in the air and everything, and it's Bill Clinton giving some uh, State of the Union address, and she's standing behind him, like, all supportive looking, and you're supposed to color it in, you know, you and you, you and your family can sit down and color in scenes from Hillary Clinton's life, and then the best, again, is that last page, where it's just like, what may come, <laughs> it's her being sworn in to the Oval Office as president, which, as we all know, didn't happen. And I'm kind of grateful it didn't because that made that coloring book all that much more of like a, like a diamond in the rough. Going back to the Disney stuff to uh, to have found. And for the life of me, I should have brought it home. I don't know why I didn't bring it home. Um, I feel like I should be beaten for that. Like I should be chastised in public. Like, like I think like if I, you know, 
anybody that hears this, if you see me in public, you should just like hiss and boo at me as you would as they would like a leper back in the old days, back in biblical times, just like <laughs> like that, and you know, make snake and cat sounds to me. But um, you know that that was that that was the best part of the Goodwill Adventure. Uh, also, while we were there, I danced around like a fool because. Uh, uh, it wasn't Desposito, but uh, there was a song that came on, and for the life of me, I can't remember it now, because it's been, it's been like over a week. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's that song that's like, ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks, yeah, in 1986, yeah, but, you know, I, I, I don't know why, I don't really enjoy that song personally, but, you know, for some reason, I was just grooving to it, and I was just dancing around, dancing in front of old people with their walkers, and dancing in front of, uh... Hillary, the coloring book, and dancing in front of my son, and blocking his path down the aisles where he was clearly going to break the glass that they had st- stuck there, and, you know, just dancing around. Uh, one of the cashiers called me on it and said, hey, if you're going to dance in this store, that's a good song to dance to, you know, and it was uh, it was just me dancing around like a fool, and it was it was a good time. It was fun. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, there was no embarrassment at all, even though everyone's fucking staring at me being like, what a, what a fucking asshole that guy is. No embarrassment. Um, I just do that kind of stuff anyway. So that, that kind of, for me, kind of balanced out the, the lack of the Hillary coloring book. But, um, you know, I, I did find something else down there. It's not as good as Hillary the coloring book. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't think for a while, I, I don't think anything I'm going to find down there is going to equal out to Hillary, Hillary the coloring book. But I did find, um, you know, those like, uh, I, I forget what they're called, but they have like uh, totem poles. You know how like they have like those little statues of totem poles that are like hand carved, and you can pick them up at camp or at like a truck stop whenever you're traveling and shit like that. They had one down there, but I swear to God, when I found it, I'm like, this is a dildo. This is a wooden dildo, and it I, like I, I had to look at it and like turn it around in my hands for like five minutes before I realized that it wasn't a dildo because of the way it was carved and shaped and stuff. So I, I, I literally thought somebody just was like, oh, no, nah, you know what? I don't want this wooden dildo anymore. I'm tired of getting splinters in my vagina and just turned it into the Goodwill. And the Goodwill's like, you know what? They might not want splinters in their vagina, but I bet somebody out there does. And they just popped it on a shelf, just popped it on a shelf, which I completely could see the Goodwill doing. Anywhere else, you'd find that you'd be like, ugh. Wooden dildo and just toss it. You wouldn't even toss it in the trash. It's not good enough to be called trash. You would smash it on the ground on the roadside. You'd smash it off of a curb or something like that. But not the not that not at the goodwill. You're like, ah, oh, wooden dildo. Okay, um, buck twenty-five. Put it on the shelf. And so because they think someone's gonna go in there, it's like, oh man, you know what? I like my rubber dildos and I like my vibrators and stuff, but they're just not cutting it anymore. I want something hard. I want to feel like a good old-fashioned Woody. Oh, here's a wooden dildo. I've got it. Oh, look, it's got a little face carved in it. I wonder what he's so happy about. I know what I'm happy about. And they put it on the shelf. I could completely see the Goodwill doing that, even though I realized that that wasn't a wooden dildo and in no way, shape, or form is that what happened, but... You know, I, I it ran through my head that if that had been a w- wooden dildo, I could completely conceive the Goodwill doing what I described them doing. And uh, lastly, was as we're leaving, uh, the cashier's ringing us out and everything like that. And my son just uh, goes, uh, just starts talking to her. You know, and he's he's sick, so you know, kids are prone to talk to. Her. Uh, you know, adults and everything like that, but she's like 17, and she just starts talking back to him and having like a real conversation like with him on his level, so I just, uh, you know, instead of like rushing him out of there, I just kind of kicked back and let that happen, and, uh, you know, they, they talked about, 
what did they talk about? They talked about his name is Anakin, so they talked about Star Wars, um, which of course led the cashier into asking uh, mom and dad, me and um, me and my fiance, um, if we've ever seen Star Wars, and we're like, oh yeah, Anakin, and I told him, like, hey bud, tell her your name, and she's like, he's like, my name's Anakin, and she's like, oh, you two are like the coolest people I've ever met, and we started talking about, um, we started talking about The Princess Bride, which of course you've heard me talk about and how awesome that movie is, which led us to bringing up Chris Sarandon as Humperdinck, and uh, talking about uh, how he played Jerry Dandridge in the uh, original Fright Night, which was awesome. Um, and how she, she talked briefly about how she wanted to assault her father for enjoying the remake of Fright Night, which I don't really blame her for, but that's not really something you just tell strangers, is that, you know what, I didn't, I didn't like the, uh, remake, did you? No, no, I didn't either. My dad did, though. Makes me want to punch him in the neck. It's like, oh, shit, okay, thank you, stranger, for letting me know that you're gonna, you might assault your father. But, uh, you know, it was a whole conversation. It was fun. So I, I like going to the Murraysville Good, Goodwill. Walt Disney said that Disney, Disney World and Disneyland is where the magic happens. I disagree. I think the Goodwill, the Murraysville Goodwill store, is definitely where the magic happens. I mean, no other place on Earth. It's like no other place on Earth. You're not going to find Hillary the Coloring Book at Walt Disneyland. You're not going to find a wooden dildo at Walt Disneyland. You're not going to have Mickey Mouse say that he might want to assault his father. You know? None of these things are going to happen, but they do happen to the Goodwill. And uh, lastly, lastly, by the time you hear this, it'll be at least January 30th, which is uh, the birthday of my fiance Ashley Lorenz. So I want to personally wish her a very happy birthday, very loving birthday from the bottom of my heart. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to let her know how much I love her and how much I care about her and how, you know, even doing even something as simple as doing this show, I, w- I wouldn't even be doing it without her because she she's always got my back. She supports me through all the asinine, stupid, fucked up things I do. She, she never once is like, you know what, that's too much. That's too much. You know, I've, I've literally, like, put my dick in a jar of pickles in front of her, and she's, she's never been like, that's, that's too much. You know, so she just she's just like, all right, cool. That's, that's what you're doing. All right, roll with it then. And, uh, you know, she's always got my back. I love her. I um, can't live without her. So, you know, happy birthday to you, hon. And, but that got me thinking, like, what could, you, what could I get her? What could I get her that's something special? What could I get my lover for her 35th birthday? That is something special. That is something unheard of. And uh, you know what? I, I, I ran out of ideas because there's really nothing unheard of. But there is something that they it might be considered a little taboo. But uh, I thought it might make a good a good uh, birthday gift is to get my lover another lover. You know, be it in a male or a female. It doesn't matter because let me let me tell you some facts, people. Every girl, every woman on this earth wants to have a threesome, be it male, female, male, male, female, 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 it doesn't matter. They they will deny it to the ends of the earth, but they all want one. That is a fact. And so, you know, if you're gonna pick out a lover for your lover, you gotta know her that you gotta know their type. Don't right now I'm gonna tell you, don't be so asinine to be like, oh well they're with me, so I'm clearly their type. Ha ha ha. Don't do that. Don't do that. Do the, um, not the stark opposite, like, you don't want to go, like, so far that you're just, like, you know, like, I'm a thin white dude, so I'm not going to go get, like, a fat black guy, but, like, you know, go for stuff that you, that you, go for things that you're typically not, like me, I'm not really an aggressive type, so maybe she'd like someone that's, like, a little aggressive or dominant, you know, maybe she'd like someone that, uh, 
you know, is taller than her instead of the same height. Someone that's maybe like six three, and uh, you know, maybe like I'm I'm 130 pounds. Maybe she'd like someone that's like 180 pounds or like 210 pounds. I got very little body hair, so maybe she'd like someone that's like you know, got like uh, like a nice billowing chest hair. Not not not, not like an ape, not covered with like back hair and shit, like fucking uh, Prince Albert in the WWE was, but like uh, you know, maybe or, or um, George the Animal Steel was, because he had he had a lot of back hair, but um. You know, maybe just someone that's like, you know, has some qualities that you yourself don't possess that maybe you wished a little bit you did. So you got to know your girl's type. And I figured out my girl's type and I'm going to share it with you now because I'm, I'm, I'm turning to you, EOS Army. I'm turning to the EOS Army right now for help. You need to find me. You need to help me find my lover, another lover. And so I'm going to tell you her type. And here's her type. Pay attention. Get your pens. Get your pencils out. I'm going to need you to write it down. Just in case you see this person out there, my girl's type is as follows. I bullet pointed it. They got to be five foot two, exactly. They need to have a 13 inch long penis that is at least minimum of seven inches thick. It's got to be as thick as a Pepsi can or one of those pounder beers and 13 inches long minimum. He needs to have a Herculean. Herculean, there's the Disney again, Herculean bodybuilder's physique at five foot two. He needs to be the type of guy that will not go down on a girl orally ever. He can't be pressured into it. He can't be forced into it. If you if 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 you get a gang of linebackers to take his head and force them down, force his head down onto her, like to go down and eat her out, he will fight them to the death. Because he will not do it willingly ever. He needs to be. He needs to have ratty dreadlocks that hang down his back to just above the crack of his ass. Not just dreadlocks, ratty dreadlocks. Like you know, um, when Ice T was in that movie where he was being hunted by Rucker Hauer and he was the homeless person at first and he had those dreads that like hung down like all over him and he just like looked and they Rucker Hauer said he smelled like shit. Um, what was that called? Surviving the Game. Watch Surviving the Game. Ice-T at the beginning of Surviving the Game. Those type of dreads, only long, like hang down all the way to like the crack of your ass. That's, that's what this, that's what my, my, the lover I'm looking for, my lover, needs to have. That's what this guy needs to have. Um, his ass itself needs to be bursting with hair, but, you know, not from the side of his head's just hair on all over his body. His head is already covered with the with the ratty dreadlocks. So like you know, random parts of his body, like his forearms, his kneecaps, his ass, just all it's like thick, thick ratty hair, like um, just all over. Um, he needs one dead eye. It doesn't matter if it's the left or the right eye, but just one of his eyes needs to be like you know how whenever you have that dead eye and it's like all glazed over gray. And it might have like a little scar, like Gary Oldman's um, eye at the beginning of True Romance, whenever he's the drug dealer, like kind of like that. Um, you know, just that like sickly-looking, glazed-over dead eye. One of his eyes needs to be completely dead and glazed over and useless. Um, now, as far as his complexion, his skin needs to be flaky and dry, with like old scabs all over the place. Because this is what my girl's into. This is her type. Um, you know, his his licks. His, his licks, his lips need to be all cracked and dried and like, you know, have like cracked like those scars on like your, like, 
like you know scabs and stuff from like having dry cracked lips as well um He's got to be the type of guy that whenever every time he uh, ejaculates, he makes a face like he like he's suffering from Bell's palsy. Like you know, half of his face just kind of melts down, like he can't control it. Like all the nerves are dead because he's got Bell's palsy. Um, you know, and he's got to make that face every time he ejaculates. Now, also when he's fucking, um, and on top of her, you need to we need to make sure that he's pouring in sweat. He needs to be dripping sweat from every every pore of his body has just got to be leaking, leaking sweat. Like, he's got to have so much sweat that, like, you know, when by the time they're done, the bed sheets, you could wring them out and just wring the sweat out of the bed sheets. And, you know, I would say out of their clothes, but, like, you know, she's going to need, like, a like a dry towel to dry off the sweat from her, from this guy's body. That's how much he's got to sweat. And, um, you know... He he he's got to be the type of guy that you know loves to loves to blow it down down a girl's throat because that's what she's into, and she months she's been very specific about this. His ejaculate needs to taste exactly like a three month old fart wrapped in a dead giraffe that has been to- tossed into the bog of eternal stench from uh, the movie Labyrinth. That's what his ejaculate needs to taste like when he comes down her throat. That's what she wants to taste on her tongue. She's told me this. She's wrote it down, and um. He's got to be the type of guy that, um, whenever he's fucking, he insists on humming the song Life on Mars by David Bowie. He's just got to hum Life on Mars the whole time that he's, ba- that he's banging my girl. Um, and anytime he's not banging my girl, he only talks about wall sconces. That's, you know, before or after intercourse. Anytime, it's not, anytime Dick is not in her, he's just got to be talking about, like, you know, different ways to hang wall sconces and different wall sconces that you can purchase in different places that sell wall sconces. Um, he needs to have a horrid scar just below his nose from, like, where they corrected a cleft lip. Like, that needs to be a thing. Or, or even better, she said, is if he actually still has the cleft lip open. Um, now, he's got to have a singular tattoo. One singular tattoo, like, up on his, like, upper, like, you know, up on his bicep. And it's got to be the state flag of Nebraska. Why she wants him to have the tattoo of the state flag of Nebraska, I don't know. But that's what she's into. And I want to get my girl the best kind of lover I can as a birthday gift for her. So that's what he needs. Um, Now, she has been very specific about this. And I I haven't necessarily figured out why. But I'm going to describe to you... His his voice needs to sound like, you know the way Donald Duck talks? Like, imagine that, but just all deep baritone, just very deep bass, just like, like that. You know, just, wall sconces are great, I love wall sconces. And then he'll hum fucking Life on Mars by David Bowie whenever he starts banging her, and then he'll start talking about how he enjoyed staring at her wall sconces while they were fucking. Um... Lastly, his feet, his legs have got to be very short. He's only five foot two to begin with, but like I guess she imagined his from like the waist up, from like you know like the hips, like pretty much where like his package is up is just like built like a normal dude. But like his leg, you know, his legs have got to be very short, like um, like stubby almost, almost like midget legs, like Billy Barty's midget legs. You know, that's how he got is only five foot two. Um, and lastly, she she wanted me to specify to everybody out there that one of his hands has got to be like horribly mangled and useless from like a previous injury and the best way I can describe it is if you've ever seen the scary movie movies in scary movie 2 um 
the 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 butler that sticks his my germs hand in the stuff and he's like take my strong hand and it's mangled like she wants one of his hands to look like that and then his other hand needs to be completely missing from like the elbow just below just below the elbow down like his entire forearm from just at the elbow down has got to be missing and it's got to be replaced with a picture of his mangled hand. So he's got one hand that's mangled and useless, and he's got another hand that's not there, but has a, like a picture of the mangled hand taped to where his other hand should be. And that that's the kind of guy I'm looking to get my girl uh, for her birthday present. So that way, you know, maybe maybe she'll bone him alone, and I'll get to videotape it. Uh, maybe uh, it'll be a threesome. Maybe it'll be hot. I don't know. But, uh, you know, don't let any of the women, don't let any women fool you out there. They all want threesomes, foursomes, and moresomes. That is a fact. They can't lie about it. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for uh, thank you for being with us and uh, listening to that tonight. Uh, before I leave you out, I'm just going to remind you again. Check out a fireside chat with Ryan McCormick. That's on Lisbon.com, and that's uh, L-I-B-S-Y-N Libsyn.com. Um, again, check out McSauce, the comic book podcast with Ian, Paul, and Matt on Podomatic and YouTube. Um, once again, check out Case in Point with Justin Case on Audio Boom. Um, again, you can find us at facebook.com backslash EOS Mentally Irregular. Check us out. Join the Element of Surprise group. Uh, tell us what you think. Thank you, guys. Been a hell of a time. Been a fun episode to record, and I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as uh, enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed saying it. So, uh, degenerates and degenerates, until next time, this has been Chadwick J. Suet, and this is the Element of Surprise.